Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Talk shoes. Recorded live. Hello and welcome to Castle of Horror, the show dedicated to horror, movies, and awesomeness. This week we wrap up our Asian horror retrospective with the 1998 Japanese film Ring or Ringu. Bear in mind that if you haven't seen today's movie, we're going to be talking about it from the perspective of horror fans who have. So warning, spoilers ahead. From Denver, Colorado, I'm your host, Jason Henderson, creator of the Alex Van Helsing novels. With me from Austin is Tony Salvaggio, lead singer of the band Deserts of Mars and co-creator of the comics Psycom from Tokyo Pop and Clockworks from Humanoids. Say hello, Tony. Howdy. Also in Austin is Drew Edwards, writer for Rockabilly Online, creator and writer of the long-running comic Halloween Man for Monsterverse Comics. Say hello. I was made for loving you, and you were made for loving me, Internet. <laughs> so just call me Dr. Love. Nice. nice. <laughs> you know, Take I a actually, sip of cold gin there, uh, Drew. I, I tend to record with, with cold gin. That is, that is actually, that's what gets me through some of the, well, that's what got me through Abraham Lincoln and the vampires or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> um, and finally, also joining from Denver, as always, color commentary from the one woman who can tell what things I say on this show are completely untrue. <laughs> Julia Gaspon. Say hello. 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 Okay. According to Wikipedia, Ring, also called Ringe, is an 1998 Japanese horror film by Hideo Nakata, adapted from the novel Ring by Koji Suzuki, which in turn draws on the Japanese folktale called The Dish Mansion. The film stars Nanako Matsu... I really apologize, all right, ahead of time. Nanako Matsushima, Hiroyuki Sonata, and Rikia Otaka. The film follows TV reporter and single mother Reiko, who is caught up in a series of deaths surrounding a cursed videotape. This movie took nine months to make. It was, it was made for about one, well, $1.2 million dollars, doesn't look it. It looks really good. And uh, it, they also made the sequel, Rossin, at literally the same time the, the sequel was released at the same moment, and nobody remembers the sequel. And that started a bizarre and very, I think, Japanese pop culture kind of thing where there are multiple continuities and timelines of the Ring series in Japan alone, setting aside the, the many remakes in different countries. So um, there's a lot to talk about in the Ring uh, universe. As always, um, let's get our opening thoughts. Tony is our uh, mater d' um, as we make our way through the Asian uh, horror world, really just dipping our toe in because we're only doing like four movies. Um, sure. So let's go Tony and then uh, Julia because we're trading off Julia and Drew. Uh, Julia will say something and then Drew and I know you've got a lot to say and then I'll throw in. Our oh, knives are sharpened, baby. All right, all right. I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's uh, worth hearing about. So, uh, Tony, The Ring. Why are we watching this movie? Well, it's such a phenomena for one thing. It and The Grudge, and they kind of started a lot of kind of similar things. And they definitely caused a phenomena of like, you know, there's a there's a pop culture thing that already was kind of there, but it definitely came about more so with the scraggly hair girl like in white and that kind of thing and then you know the ghost stories in general that plays into a lot of uh a lot of japanese um like kind of urban legend kind of stuff and uh there's also a really cool series of the split mouth uh girl split mouth woman um 
and they all kind of that and the grudge and all these things kind of have this similar kind of modern uh you know flair to them building on you know older myths and ghost stories and stuff like that i actually enjoyed this movie more than i remembered um because i think i'd seen the grudge juon first it had been yeah. written, reading some different manga, Spiral and such, and it had been a long time since I'd seen this version. And, you know, unlike Drew, <laughs> I actually thought there's a, a decent amount of, like, interesting things that happen, I think more so than, say, you know, kind of more modern fare like Final Destination and such like that, which was, you know, really kind of more of a Looney Tunes uh, movie set to horror. <laughs> in the way it plays out. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I think, mainly I chose this, there's a lot of stuff out there, but I think Ring was such a phenomena, it and the grudge, that, you know, we had to pick one. So this was it. Interesting. <clears throat> I'm glad we did, actually. Um, uh, okay, all right. I, actually, I, I won't, I'll save my comments. So, uh, Julia, Ring, have you ever seen this movie before? <laughs> I have not seen this one. Um I am going to give Drew back his his position of being the naysayer, because I love this movie. It was so freaking scary, though. Holy crap. To me, it was really scary. I, I was, like, jumping, and I don't know. I just thought it was really creepy. I love the the creepy sound effects. I love the creepy... Um, for I don't know why, but I was particularly affected by the, the distorted faces in the photographs, because I'm a photographer, and so that gets me a little <laughs> oh, bit. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then I... Uh, Really love the effect of of the you know of the, the ghost or whatever coming out of the screen. Which of course, having seen just even the preview, the trailers for the American version of the ring, you know that that's going to happen. But still, it's still great. Such <laughs> yeah. a good effect. So it's really. I thought it was really interesting. I kept. I was riveted. I never fell asleep once, which is saying something because I usually do. Uh, at some point during movies. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. So thanks, Tony. That's the test, cool. is, is a movie. If I can movie stay awake and feel scared. If you can stay right. Very cool. Um, Drew, so, but but you felt less strongly about this movie, or, or less positive. Um, well, when I originally saw it, way back in, I guess it wouldn't have been when it, when it first came out, but I saw it when I first moved to Dallas, so that would have been like 1999, or 98, thereabouts. Um, I hated it. Like, I just freaking just despised this movie the first time I saw it. I won't go that far this go around, but I find the movie very, first of all, I don't think it it needed to be a little bit more, like a lot more atmospheric. Like there's so much you could have done with urban. And I guess we couldn't because it was low budget, but it just, it just does not have to me like a, a very properly creepy atmosphere that I would want from a movie where that is in fact this slow. And mm. two, and this is my biggest issue, and this is my issue with this entire franchise concept, whatever. Uh-huh. Horror movies exist within their own realm of logic. We talk about this a lot. However, the people in these these films, and I watched a bunch of them gearing up to watch the, to do this podcast are the biggest idiots in the history of horror <laughs> films. So the main female character in that is supposed to be in this is supposed to be an investigative reporter or something. She comes yeah. across a videotape that supposedly kills people. Because, the no, she knows, she, does, she knows that it kills no, but people. She knows, <laughs> no, no, she knows it kills people. So, no, 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 let, me, let, me, let me finish, let me no. finish the spot. Just let me finish yeah, the spot yeah, and you yeah, guys can tear me a new yeah. asshole. Yeah. She pops it into a videotape. That is the equivalent of your teenager in a Friday the 13th movie just yeah. impaling yourself on Jason's machete. No, I actually asked. I actually asked. I came across today. If you came across this video, would you watch it? And no. No, if you, yes. three yes, people told me they listen, would. Listen, here's why this here's why this is the way it is. It is and it is not the same as someone impaling themselves. Oh, it totally is the same is. as no no listen, Drew. Here's why. <laughs> Don't interrupt. <laughs> Listen, here's why. It is the same as somebody. It's oh, no. different. It's the same as somebody going, 
hey, there's a killer in the woods if you go out there and you go, I want to go have sex and have drugs, do drugs yeah. out in yes. the woods where there's a killer. It's a totally different. This is also yeah. an investigative no, reporter. This is, there's also an investigative reporter who doesn't believe that videotapes kill people because that's their right. job is to be you an investigative reporter. No, like, you know something's up with this video. You're an idiot. You're a special kind she, of horror movie yeah, idiot. So let me she tell doesn't you, believe Drew. it until the phone rings. In other words, she... See, they, she they, yes. Well, she's, she's weird. So let me tell it's you something, Drew. It's the first thing. It wouldn't bother me if she, like, if there was, if even they had just thrown in a scene of her being conflicted. It's the first thing she does. Like, here's the I video. Know. Here's the videotape. Yeah. Well, that's what investigative, investigative reporters do stuff like, like similar things, because you don't believe that something can kill you. Yeah. Like, I, 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 tell you, like I, I tell have tell you. I no less than 20 people, and only three people said that they would Drew, do that. Remember, yeah, because I we watch I have to tell you that Jason's number four because we had the same conversation. <laughs> I was yelling. I was yelling at the TV, going, "What the fuck?" And then Jason's like, "I said, would you do that?" I goes, "Yeah, I'd watch it because I don't think video tapes can kill people." <laughs> I have a long-standing thing about things like this. I don't believe in the Loch Ness monster, but on the off chance that I'm wrong, I would not go scuba diving in Loch Ness. <laughs> sure. Well, I, I told you the story about how I'm not gonna burn that spell that some creepy guy gave us, right? Yeah. But right. but I'm but I know people who would just because they're like, well, what the hell's a spell? I don't believe in that. Yeah, no, yeah. Jason I'm sure there are people that will do that, but that doesn't mean they're not morons. Jason is okay. the guy who wants to go spend the night in haunted hotels and whatever else because he's like, bring it on. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens. You know, and, and I, I what I would do is I would figure, you know, what I'll do is if there really is something going on with this, like if it has some sort of subtle, you know, Cronenberg-esque kind of thing that communicates with my brain and causes me to get instant, you know, cancer and die, maybe what ha- maybe maybe I'll watch it through a mirror, you know, maybe that'll work, or maybe I'll like videotape the video. Well, according you know, to according to Ring Two, you can put it on, but you can close your eyes. Uh huh. <laughs> So there, there are ways to cheat the evil video, but uh, well, even I, I, my point being, my point being, long story short, I don't think it's the worst movie going. I find it incredibly frustrating, and I find but, the way the characters behave incredibly frustrating. By the way, by the way, we do also live in a world where where people still say Bloody Mary, and they do all yeah. the things that that in no way as a teenager I didn't do those things. But in no way. Oh, yeah, Ouija board. Totally, I did. Well, aside from that, the way she treats her kid, the way she treats her, that kid is so neglected. Like, so, like, I find the way that people act in this. She's a a terrible journalist. I mean, but, but dude, that happens all the time with people who are career-driven. I, I, I it's, still, it's still frustrating. It's still frustrating. It doesn't, no, it doesn't really make I found the behavior. Like, I find that behavior of the people in this movie. <laughs> it just makes me want to pull my hair out and throw things at the TV. I just uh. well, okay. Yeah. The thing I mean, the dad's the, kid, the same way, right? The, the but the, the the dad says, well, you know, is he okay by himself? But the fact of the matter is, I have a feeling that she's only slightly more independent with him, with that kid, than might be normal in the culture in general. I mean, we don't know. I know that when I was growing up, you know, in the 70s, it was very, very common for kids to be on their own most of the time. You know, and, and that's just not the case anymore. I, think, I don't know what it's like in Japan. I, no, I see, I think, I think there's more of a family thing, but I think the whole deal is you'll usually see that. That's the, the, definitely the signal of I'm a single parent. Like being a single parent in Japan is super tough. Because I would it's say usually that, like that, 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 that was like somewhat deliberate on the filmmakers' parts because I mean no, they follow that yeah. theme through into uh, you know neglect, neglectful parenting. They follow that theme through into the American versions. So, well, absolutely. Well, it's it's the theme of the actual ghost too, right? Like yeah, you know, like all of the stuff that happens is through like poor choices in parenting and or raising children, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I think that's, and, a, that's you know, a very common thing. Like I mean that. And, that it's supposed to show the career woman and have so, to do so these things. Just, and having very, said all these things, like I do agree with you. If you're going to do Asian horror, you have to do this movie. You yeah. have. To. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it became a pretty big phenomenon, like across yeah. the board. You know. I like this movie better than than uh, Juan, actually. I mean, uh, although now I've pretty much forgotten Juan, 
But uh, I, I, I found that I've completely forgotten the American remake as well. And reading a synopsis of the novel, I find that I like the plot of this movie a lot better than the novel, which sounds like it gets kind of science fiction-y in a sense. You know, this is a very stripped... And this is, my, by the way, my, my opening thought, which is that I like the sort of investigative reporter-ish mood of this movie. Yeah, I, I like, like that a lot, too. You know, I like the, the this notion that, you know, and I think, Tony, you were calling to it about all these movies, what they're about are people who live in modern Japan, who live in high-rises, you know, who, who kind of live in a recognizable industrial new world, but the investigation that they're doing in all of these movies takes them into a Japan of legend, you know, even fairly recent legend, but, you know, right. a, a, you know, a Japan where everybody dresses more traditionally, and, and it's like it's always just sort of over the hill, it's over there, you know, there's little towns that can go to where, um, where uh, uh, it's still almost the feudal past, and I, and I love sure. that stuff, you know. Um, so, in, in fact, um, I want to get to the funeral scene, but we should start. So this movie begins with a, with a true celebration of teenagers telling one another goofy stories, which is um, uh, you have these two teenagers who are hanging out uh, at, at a what, – what is her name? Komoko, I think. Um, two teenagers who are hanging out at – one of their apartments and they sort of are scaring one another with this story that they've heard about a videotape that they're very vague about what's on it. But they say, you know, there's a videotape out there and if you watch it, um, you know, this old Well, they lady, say that this woman says that you're going to die goes, in one week. You have a, yeah, uh, you have a, uh, you have seven days to live. You have a week to live. And Tomoko um, is a teenager you know, there who says, oh, well, actually, I and a bunch of friends went up and rented a bungalow in, uh, you know, up, upstate, whatever. No, well, down in Izu. And um, we watched this tape, you know, so I'm joshing around, but I'm actually kind of scared about it. But what's great about this is that these two girls are scaring one another. And, I mean, didn't this feel to you like every no, goofy hangout you, know you had when you were a kid? Yeah, that's the same thing. This could be Faces of Death, like, um, and right. you have that. Except, except in the, or in the same way that people, like, the reason I don't think it's totally out of the realm is it, it's what teenagers do. Now, whether or not the investigative reporter should know better or not, because she just doesn't believe it works. But what teenagers do is you print, you know, bad movies, and you tell people this, and if you say this, you know, three times, this will happen, or you call on ghosts, or you go in this haunted house, like, all that stuff. Is what people, yeah. is what the teenagers, teenagers I don't do really that. have a problem with. It's it's uh, more the way the adults who who should be a little bit more skeptical and rational to me behave. Like well, I, I think they're I, being ultimately skeptical in the fact that it, no, until they she gets the phone call, like nobody's gonna believe. Like, the, the, like the yes, we've seen enough horror movies, but nobody's gonna believe that. The, the, the ex-boyfriend. Like, even though she got the phone call and she's freaked out and everything, the ex-boyfriend watches it without very very little hesitation. Um, I think you know, I actually, that was one of the things that I actually felt was handled better in the American remake. If they had at least threw in lines of dialogue of him going, well, this is, this is poppycock. You know, like, I just, right. I feel well, I think like it's, this I, could have been I, handled better. Yeah, I think they didn't have to do that because he's so disinterested in everything. His his yeah. attitude. They, this is this is definitely where I go with show don't tell. The American version had a guy going, "This is poppycock. I can't believe." This. I think with Whereas something the, this this, this one, over, the, if, if I'm sitting there and that's bugging me, like I, I'm a big fan of show don't tell, except with some. You, I think I his whole demeanor is that. It didn't work. It didn't work for me. It just really didn't, didn't work for me. I, I, I completely... Well, you know what? It bothered, It didn't bother me, It's but I was throwing... I mean, it was more like when you yell at... Any, like you said about the going into the woods or splitting up, you know, but don't split up. What the hell are you thinking? It's a, it didn't, I didn't feel like it was a flaw in the movie. I felt like it was fitting in perfectly with every horror movie that ever it was of a piece with the Yeah, this is how it's supposed to be, but I was definitely yelling but at But I think if you're a Drew, you'll say, you know, that's no excuse. I'm not, I'm not happy with... With somebody using maybe I'm too, maybe I'm too jaded maybe I'm too jaded I don't know like maybe I I, I need to work like give my suspension of disbelief well, some, there some exercise a, I don't know 
I mean, there is a thing I like to do when I watch movies, you know, if I can remember, where almost as a meditation, I'll just say, you know, give yourself over to the world of the movie. What does it want you to take in as opposed yeah. to Well, that is, that is goes into the other thing, though. Like, I didn't feel like this movie was atmospheric at, at all. Uh, like, if it had, like, this real... I was very enchanted by, like, Chinese ghost story and Mr. Vampire, and they had these alternate realities going on. But they, they... If this movie had more of, like, a... It feels Hollywoodish. No, I, no, I, I'm not even I, saying Hollywood. Like, like, because I don't watch an Asian movie wanting Hollywood, but like, I don't know, something that like. But I feel like it, it grew me really into. It. I, you know, if you want to see that, you should probably see a movie called Wormwood, which I think will give you kind of what you're wanting. I think this is since, I mean, the whole, a, it's shot on a budget, and b, I, to me, it's it's really weird. Also, by the way, that because I usually am like. I'm exactly like you, like, why the hell would somebody watch this videotape? But when I watched this again, like, I actually kind of liked it more than the first time because I was like, you know what, this makes more sense. And it's it's all, the whole thing is it's modern in a way that isn't atmospheric. And it's set in, you know, the city for the most part until they go, and the country is supposed to be the country. You know, and I like the, for all of I like the stuff in the country. Like, that's the part and, of the movie I did like. And so I think that, it's, in my opinion, it was never meant to be atmospheric in the way that I think I'm getting from you. And again, like when I saw it, and I love, I love the countdown. Like I like the buildup of like there's seven days. Like I think that's handled pretty, pretty awesomely as well. Um, I just liked it. I guess I just liked it more than I had remembered because I, I'm pretty skeptical. Um, I, it's, it's kind of surprising to me because I'm usually jaded about the same things you're talking about. When I watch it again, like. Yeah, it's all it's in a modern city. It's about, you know, uh, you know, urban myths and all of it, it kind of and it tied back to the the you know, stuff in the past. It's like, "Hey, that's kind of interesting and neat." Um, mm-hmm. it so wasn't as eye-rolling as I had remembered. You you mentioned the urban myths and, and and as soon as that teenager we were just talking about dies, we then meet um our main character Reiko who is an investigative reporter, but she's doing She's doing a fluff piece. She's interviewing kids. Clearly, nobody, this is just sort of fun for her. She doesn't know that her niece died of a related issue. She's investigating people who tell the story about this videotape that kills people. You know, and she's talking to right. a bunch of goofy kids. None of who, It's all a friend of a friend of a friend. And all of this is really played up, that, that they're all just drinking their sort of dainty little girl drinks and, and telling stories about, about this this videotape that kills you. And well, that stuff, felt, that stuff felt very, like, scream to me. I loved it. I mean, I, I loved how, uh, you know, uh, I, it didn't feel as mocking and self-referential as scream. It was more like, like you would watch it and sort of nod and go, yeah, that is how kids are and how kids talk and how I talked when I was a kid. You know, just going, just remembering. It is, it is like that, and it's also like how how fluff pieces happen. Like you can watch a million oh, of those, yeah. and they're all pretty much the same as that one. Yeah, I remember somebody telling me they had watched a movie where like babies were being killed, like some crazy Filipino, you know, women behind bars torture movie, right? That they had watched on video. So this is this is I'm like in grade school, they're in grade school, and they were. They were telling me that they were certain that these special effects were so real, they must have found a way to torture actual babies and, and, and not, you know, and, and somehow uh, nurse them back to health, you know, for the sake of the movie. That seemed perfectly logical to him, and it was sort of shrug-worthy to me. When you're a kid, you believe the craziest crap. <laughs> and and I, I just, I love this business. It also plants us right, you know, in the modern world. You know, I like what, what you know, Tokyo is looking like here. I mean, not Tokyo, uh, wherever the heck she is. Um, anyway, then she goes and walks right out of, and I think this is beautiful, she walks out of her modern world into the world of the past because she goes to the uh, memorial service for her niece or the wake or whatever it is, you know. And, right. And there she wears a nice, very, very humble dress. 
and everybody her else. Her niece, which is one of the kids that got killed by yeah. the videotape. Right. Yeah. Right. And she'll, and that's the night that she puts. And look, this movie is only ninety minutes long. Look how quickly it puts this stuff together. She goes to the memorial service where we now see her step into the more traditional world, and she finds out her niece was killed by the videotape. You know, now she's interested. You know, because because her niece plus two more people were killed in detail with details that clearly fit with some of the crazy stories that the kids are telling. Um, and what what brings her to actually wind up, you know, getting a copy of the video herself is she uh, she finds out that the the kids all of whom are dead. I mean, a bunch of kids who, you know, all four kids who went um, on this one trip are dead and saw this videotape, and she figures out that they went and rented a bungalow uh, in, you know, in this, <laughs> I love this place, in that, uh, you know, in the woods, or I mean, I don't know, it's in the countryside down in, in Izu. In Izu, yeah. So tell me about Izu. I think it's I an island, actually. It. Didn't it say Izu Island? They, they call it a peninsula. But, I mean, what, what is it? It's called Eastview Island or something. Well, I mean, I, I, haven't, I don't think I know anybody from there. Like, uh, you know, most of my friends live in – the friends I have in Japan live in Tokyo. <laughs> so, oh, okay. I mean, I, but you get the impression, like, I mean, I haven't read much about it culturally. Um, sure, many people could school me on this. But, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of, like, oh, it's a coastal village. In the same way that we have, like, oh, those are, you know – that place is Maine, or that place is the Deep South. You know, you'll encounter right. Cajuns in Louisiana. It's the same kind of idea, like, oh, farmers are from this place. You know, that there's as small as Japan is, it still has all of that. You know, in a, yeah, in a big way. Yeah, but I guess it's more like a resort, like a resort. Sure. Place. Well, yeah, yeah. so it's traditionally it's really fishing. Well, but think about it, Joy. In the same way that the mining towns around where we live have now become ski resorts, yeah. is you've got right. the people who back in the in the you know previous century, most of the people were really really hardworking tradesmen working in really dangerous jobs, and now most of it's tourist stuff. You know, and, and this and, again plays into the whole like when he when they hear stuff like oh that's a dialect, uh, yes, you know the area like because there's a lot of like regional dialects that when I listen you know in the same way that that some uh, you know a foreigner may not pick up on the the difference between like a Georgia southern draw and a texas draw etc or you know cajun you know they they may not pick up they may think it sounds different but they may not pick up on it in the same way that when i listen to japanese like sometimes people are like oh he's from the country i'm like i wish i knew more about what that sounds like you know what i mean yeah. so they're picking up on stuff like that that i you know unless you're really exposed to it i don't know if you're going to pick up on that exactly um, when they dub things, they'll often like, oh, if it is supposed to be a country accent, they'll give them like a southern draw or a New York accent or, you know, a something to kind of signify yeah. what that means. But in this, you know, I watched it subtitled, so, you know, I don't know exactly what they mean by what they're getting at. But the whole I, idea I, is, you know, I, it's right, somewhere, so somewhere far from Tokyo, you know. Yeah, I mean, so it clearly it's, it's uh, and I look here, you know, it's a, well, it's a peninsula and, and you, you you called it exactly right. You know, it's the countryside, and we can tell here, first of all, these kids went and rented a nice bungalow in a lovely little vacation resort in this area. Sure. But there's also there's also these old fishing villages, and they show us that back in the 40s or whenever it was, you know, it was a much more traditional place made up of, of fishermen. Yeah, um, I mean, this could anyway, easily be Stephen King's Maine, you know what I mean? Like, where they have the, very, the yes, six Maine exactly accent, that. and you and you deal with that, right? Like, that's kind of the same idea. Very, well, that is essentially, when they Americanized it, that is essentially what they did. Really? Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't think so, I've seen so, the American one now that I've mentioned it. Now that I think I, you, know, it. I, I, you know, I, as uncool as it is to say it, I, I think I like the American one better. Was it made by the same director? I could swear that. No, it's it's a no, the Grudge. I think was, yeah. uh, the okay. Grudge. I think was the one that had to do like they, the same person. I think remade it. If I'm not mistaken, I have to look it up again. Okay. That's that's right. I mean, I remember that about the Grudge. Okay, so I was thinking about that about the Ring. What's what's very strange? You know, you said you read Spiral, right? So the guy hmm. who wrote the Ring, wrote Spiral, the novel. And they made that into a movie called Raisin, by the way, that came out back-to-back with Ring. 
And then that created its own continuity in the movies because he did two sequels to that, Sudaku 3D and Sudaku 3D2. And then they also went back and started over again and did something called Ring 2 and then Ring Zero. So yeah. And there's also a TV continuity because this is all this, just the Japanese, ignoring the American stuff for a moment. I'm amazed. When, Tony, and I, Tony, you and I have talked about this wonderful thing that bugs American audiences a lot more than it does the Japanese, how they will just literally start a series and then double back. And, <laughs> and well, we've kind of gotten to the point where we do that. I mean, think about what they're doing with sure. Spider-Man again for the third time. You're exactly yeah. right. That's absolutely right. And with X-Men, X-Men just did a whole movie that erased like several of the films in that series because they were like, you know, we don't like where we ended up going. Um, I'm so I'm really glad for that. I mean, I'm 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 glad that that they're no longer feeling totally tied uh, to where the films are going. You know. Um, okay. So back to the plot. Rico visits this little bungalow hotel doesn't see anything interesting. There's a TV there. That didn't seem to kill anybody, you know. Um, but she goes to the front desk to ask some questions about the about the kids, and she notices a single – he has a wall to lend out videotapes. And she notices a single videotape that literally makes static when she looks at it. She looks at it, it goes, you know, and there's like staticky stuff across the screen. And she goes, uh, hand me that one. And he goes, oh, I don't know what this is. And so she goes – she clearly thinks maybe this is the freakastic videotape that they looked at. And, and so she immediately goes back to her bungalow hotel, doesn't even pause to open a beer. She just pops it into the video cassette recorder and, and starts, <laughs> starts yeah. watching it. I'm going to refrain from commenting right now. Yeah. No, no, you, you, made your, sure. you totally put forth your thesis that this is dumb. So she watches it. it. The videotape is about 45 seconds long. It consists of, Julia, do you remember what the elements are in the videotape? Well, <clears throat> let's see. You've got the, um, I'm trying to remember the order. Woman I remember the order. Huh? You got the woman brushing her hair. Right, the woman brushing her hair, looking in the mirror, and then it's a, like a little uh, oval mirror, kind of, and then she kind of looks off to the side, and then you see this really strange figure to the side, and she's clearly seeing it as well. And then you've got, um, I know you've got the well, the well, like off in the distance. You've got the, oh, we've got the eruption thing, which is like all these weird um, Japanese letters on the, and then the subtitle says eruption, but it's like they're kind of moving all over the place. And then you've got, you've got um, these weird people just kind of like slithering around on the well, ground. Well, I think that they're crawling against heavy smoke. But they're crawling like yeah, some of them are it's, going it's, backwards it's and going forward. It's very strange. It's reacting to the eruption, I think, is the yeah. well, idea. Well, it still seems kind of creepy. But it is very yeah. strange. I mean, it's hard to, no, it's hard to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, what else? Well, there's some more stuff. And that's, I think that's about it. Yeah. It's only about 45 seconds long. So when it's done, she's like staring at it like, uh, you know, and it's not even a horrified look. It's more like a, you know, what manner of badness is this? Uh, you know, what did I just watch? But, um, and why, right, Drew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and Big, in yeah. that moment, there is no vibe that is telling her, I'm going to die. But then the phone, two things happen. She sees a weird shadow of the girl in the TV. The reflection, yeah, the reflection. And then the phone rings. Yeah. And when the phone rings and there's nobody on the other line except for that weird, like, metallic Trent Reznor sound that they do whenever, whenever something scary happens in this movie. Because, you know, she when that happens, she's like, oh, my God, I have seven days to live. She converts quickly. You know, she very instantly is like, okay, no, curse, I got seven days to live. Um, to me, it's almost like like in a movie where, I, you know, I don't think Snake Plissken ever does this, but it's like in a movie where Snake Plissken deliberately injects himself so that he has exactly as much time as ever. Don't drag the good name of Snake Plissken in this. You're totally, <laughs> totally right. Because Snake did not, you know, they, they injected him. He didn't do it himself. The, yeah, Snake, wouldn't watch, I, Snake wouldn't watch the fucking video because Snake isn't an idiot. Jason and I dressed up as, uh, he dressed up as Snake Fliskin and I dressed up, because he had a, a man crush on Snake Fliskin, and I dressed up as Adrian Barbeau for Halloween. When That's true. I don't think That's there's true. too many guys that don't have a man crush on Snake Fliskin. <laughs> Who among us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, 
So now she knows that, uh, you know, basically now she's got seven days to do the investigative journalism that's going to take up the rest but, of the movie. But the good news is that there's no more risk to her, so she can watch the video as much as she wants now because she's already yeah. done right. the damage. I wonder about the rules. Like, if you were to turn the video off halfway, would you still die? I think as long as the phone rings. I think as long as the phone rings, that's the clincher. No, yeah, I think but you it's have just to like, watch the like, whole thing because... This is boring. <laughs> no, I think you have to watch the whole thing because remember when the kid, when she catches her kid watching it, he's watching the last frame when she sees him watch. Otherwise, I think she could have grabbed him before he finished watching it. It would have okay. So I think the fact that he's watching the last frame when she catches him is important that he actually has I don't think you can thing. stop watching it. I, I, I doubt that will ever happen. I mean, uh, the, I mean yeah, uh, it, seems but, to, it seems to hold him in thrall. Like, yeah. So you're saying the video is hypnotic? Yes. yes. yes I think so. Okay, I can, I can get behind that. You know, I can, I can, I just, but I mean, again, like I watched a, a, a admittedly terrible, really terrible, like if I'm complaining about this movie, I can't imagine what I would do if we did a, a podcast on um, the American Ring 2, um, where somebody closes their eyes and they're immune to it, which I call kind of, kind of call bullshit on that. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I say about watching it through, you know, Perseus is able to look at the Medusa by looking through his shield. I mean, sometimes folklore can have like goofy rules that can be that can be really fun in that way. Real, real life has that kind of rule. You can look at the sun, a sun, uh, an eclipse through a weird pinhole camera. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Okay, fair, fair enough. enough. Technology. I really, really love this. That this is a this. The, and to me, this is very Japanese. That this is a, a world that is in love with its own antiquity, but finds many ways to make modern technology be loving to it. You know, they, they love making things be cute and anthropomorphizing. Well, what's interesting to me about about it being a videotape is this is a piece of technology that was on its way out even when this first was made. Look at well, all the like DVDs, DVDs, all already, DVDs yeah. already existed. I mean, they weren't yeah, completely Japan taken over. Yeah. Japan held on to VHS a lot longer than you would have thought, actually. Um, and just there were so many, you know, it's, well, I don't know, it's pretty ubiquitous. In 98, like, I was still renting tapes. Definitely. No, I'm not saying, I mean, I, I, since I said it was on its way out, it wasn't gone. Yeah. But it no, is, no, that is right. interesting to me. But, but it's I mean, also, would it's also eventually like eventually find its way onto a DVD? I mean, would that, is that, is that, would that be the end game here? That's going to go like uh, Insidious and or whatever, and go back to eight millimeter. Speaking of movies, I didn't like. I think no, no. I think um, it's also something that that uh, I think it's also something teenagers might have, or they a cast off. Like you're more likely to have a VHS because you know even if your parents upgrade, like you're still going to have a VCR, and your friends have VHS tapes. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. That doesn't bother me as much because that's kind of. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense to the. I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense for the time period. I'm just saying it's 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 it is interesting to me, watching this in 2015, thinking about videotapes. Sure. And you know, Absolutely. like. Yes. But I love this technology. The technology is part of the magic. That's what's weird here, and very sort of Stephen Kingy in a sense, as well is. Look at the pieces that are a part of this story. You need a video, t- a video cassette. You need a phone, you know, and you need a television, you know, and and so yeah. so it's it's all wrapped up. It's this creepy ass stuff involving ghosts and and old forgotten mysteries and things. But it's all coming out through this modern technology in our home. Well, I like also because it leads to like, and I you know. Unlike Juon, which it ends up kind of being just about a ghost, this it kind of pushes more. Like you find out, like I like how her investigative journalism ends up like, oh, we need to go reinvestigate that. Oh, there was a yes. girl who could predict, who predicted this earthquake. Yeah. And then, but it isn't even her. And then, yeah, I mean you're right. There's, and then, and then pushes back her. to her to like. To oh well then she you know don't you remember she was like the psychic girl that everybody revolted against and, and yeah. called her professor a fraud and then there's a lot of there's a, there was a, kind of a lot more to it than I remembered um, you know you've got the professor part where he's accused of being a fraud and then where it eventually ends up being towards her sister which again goes to the cycle of abuse and 
and uh, you know, who can a sister who we find out through uh you know, again, I, I you know, the village is very kind of Stephen King esque when you think about it, where they go and they're revealing and there's people around and you know, the old fisherman guy, you know, and you know, what he wants to reveal and he's kinda of like, Yeah, you know, we die by the sea and like you could you could picture Stephen King characters kind of having that well, similar the, conversation. I, right. You know. Right. Um and then I you know kind of find out the, the translation was obviously in Japanese for the whole uh, play and Brian uh, play and Brian Goblin's be thine poem is very Stephen King. Yeah. It works. Yeah. And then oh, you know oh, kind of find absolutely. out it's her sister who can will people to die. <laughs> like I mean that Well, it was, that the, was, it was the daughter. It was the wasn't it the isn't it the daughter of the Oh, um, the daughter of her. Yeah. Yes. But by its little one, it, you know, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, and it's this is secrets upon secrets. It's like, okay, yes, that woman you're talking about existed. She was the psychic, but we don't well, talk about her. She's based on a real character, a real person in real life. Well, and then, or, and then we go, uh, but actually, even more secret than her, she is forgotten. But secret is the fact that she had a daughter. You know, right, and right. even more. I don't know secret, why I said sister. It just seemed like that. Well, no, no, but I'm, I'm down with, with where you are. Yeah, <laughs> and and then uh, you know. We, through various, you know, but basically she she brings her her psychic ex uh, Reiko brings her psychic uh, ex husband into this, makes him watch the tapes, and now they're both going to die, and so they're investigating together. You know, like well, it's not like the kid had really parents anyway. So. Well, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also it's who's pretty cool. It's so. it's interesting too, like yeah. that, uh, you know, they that the the um they also play with the fact that he's actually playing with you don't know if it's the ghost or you know you kind of get the impression it's the uh the niece or whoever like who yeah you know he he hears you hear giggling and he's playing with an entity in a very kind of early poltergeist right. the early part of poltergeist you know so there's a it's, lot of i don't know as far as there's a lot of stuff that i kind of dig you know yeah well he says that the, his actual cousin is the one who tells him yeah to that's what the cousin. yeah 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 yeah, his well, cousin. and he spots her when they go to the wake. He spots her walking up the stairs to her own room. Um, you know, her yeah. ghost. There's ghosts all over the place in this thing. So, so they finally work out that yes, there was a psychic little girl who could kill with her mind, and her, her. She was also the bastard child in theory, apparently, maybe not, but the bastard child of the of the um, the psychic woman who predicted the earthquake and was a disgrace. And the professor who worked with her it wasn't the an earthquake; it was a volcano. Volcano. I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah. you're right. And so he finally um, beamed her with uh, with like a thumb big tool and knocked her into a well to kill her. And uh, and that's that's why there's a ghost. Is is this in theory? This ghost is acting out its rage, you know, and you know, from down in the well. And so they figure, like all good good ghost stories, if you find the corpse, you will, you will, uh, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll yeah, it's very, it. it's very much like the changeling in that. I kept hearkening back to that. No. I mean, maybe okay. not, not, definitely not atmospheric as the changeling, but it kind of had, you know, a lot of the, that kind of feel like well, where it was heading. Well, the stuff in the well is, is, uh, you know, that stuff's nice. Like, I like, I well, like that part. And I really love that the twist that it does. I love twists. I'm a big well, before fan you, of before you get to the twist, uh-huh. that whole section in the well that Drew's just talking about is really neat because yeah. they go, well, if we're going to find a corpse down there, uh, we're going to have to, like, dig for it. But now it becomes a logistical problem because by the time they get to this well, they have to empty it out, which is this backbreaking montage sequence of, <laughs> of them trying to bail. And, and they're running out of time. It's the week. They're coming yeah. up on the week. Oh, so fantastic. You know, yeah, that that all works really well. And by the way, Drew, I, I know exactly what you're saying about the general atmosphere of the movie, but for me, the sort of the sort of cinema verite look about it all just really works. I mean I really I really love I so how, how modern it feels. Um, yeah. and again, maybe yeah, I would maybe I would have liked it more if we hadn't just come off of like Chinese ghost story and Mr. Vampire, which had you know, a period look to them. You know, maybe... Because yeah, I did like it. I did enjoy better. it. 
I did enjoy it more than the first. When I saw this when I was in my early 20s, I I can't even... I can write volumes on how much I hated this movie the first time I watched it. So the fact that I'm even saying that, that there are parts of this movie that I like are is is, is a step up. <laughs> Fair I'm, enough. I'm down with you. Look, I'm, you know, I... I I've I've had many films that just completely wrecked exactly the same way. Okay, so can I talk about Twist? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, but first, let's just explain how we got there. Yes, we found the corpse at the bottom of the well, and ta-da, they feel like surely it's over now. Well, because they survived the week. They're done. I mean, it's like the, the week Yeah, she, she survives, because, and she thinks because she put the, in true episode of Supernatural fashion, she thinks because she's laid the spirit to, to rest, the curse right. is lifted. Yeah, her her day because she because she watched the video a day before he did, so her day, her week is over. It's like she's past the the the, the full week, and so she's like, we did it, We're, this is awesome, and so then the next day her ex is at his house, and all of a sudden the TV turns on and he starts to and he sees the well, the video and the well that they've just been at, you know, and he sees it open and this figure in white starts to crawl out. It's so freaking. He's like, why? He's like, why? Why is this happening? And she just starts crawling. It's just a best effect. I just love, like, it's and it's done so simply. It's just done with, like, exaggerated motion. It's creepy. Like, she's got her head forward, so her hair is in her face, and this white gown, and she's just, like, a, super, a very unnaturally moving very slowly toward him. And then the phone rings, and he goes to answer the phone, but she's still moving in the video. You can see behind, and um, and then of course this this actually it's her calling, right? His girl, his ex, his ex is calling him right on the phone because that's I think yeah she's hearing right. everything. But then you see the the woman coming out of the TV, and it's so freaky, man. And she's like crawling on the floor. I just yeah. think it's all freaky. Yeah, that actress. So then, no, that part that part is cool. I'm not gonna say it's not. And I and I I like TV need effects. Yeah, and I Go like ahead. the fact that, that despite that they've given the monster a sympathetic uh, background, mm-hmm. she still just likes to kill people, you know? Yeah, at, the end of the day, at the end of the day, she's, she's, she's a bad guy. And, you know, that's, right. that's something too often we, we don't, we, we, we lose when we, when we empathize with our monster too much. Yeah, I think I, well, I think all. I mean, I think all bad guys have something of a sympathetic story. You know, they weren't left. In fact, I don't know if anybody watches Glee. That'll be my. That'll be my. Um, my endorsement for the week is that this episode of Glee they give you a taste of why Sue Sylvester is so evil. It's because Carol Burnett was her mother who never loved her, but she's still evil. Anyway, so, um, so, but so we've got the evil the bad guy. Whatever she comes out. TV, she's coming toward him, and then you just see him, he kind of stumbles around, he finally ends up like he's kind of trapped, and he's looking at her upside down, and he makes the face that all of the all the corpses have, which is just the horror face with the mouth, yeah. you know, but, and then it just kind of does this cool black and white you know, like shot of, and it still it freezes him. So, of course, the, you know, the other main character is hearing all this on the phone and runs over there, and by the time she gets there, um, They've already found the corpse, and I don't know why they moved that body fast. It's like they already took the body away. I'm like, how how long did it take her to get to his house? But anyway, so um, efficiency, man. I, I guess mean, so. Yeah. And uh, and so she's like, well, what did I do that he didn't do? What did I do that he didn't do? What did I do? And she realizes she copied the video and shared it. So that becomes the thing now that everybody's saying now to add it on to the urban legend is you won't die as long as you copy the video and share it with somebody else. So that's going to happen. This is pre-social networking. All right. Pre-social networking. The notion that you have to share something in order to protect yourself. Well, the fact that she's also trying to save her her little boy and she, she's, she's going to give it to the grandpa, which is, yeah, Really yeah. perverse. But, 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 Drew, well, it seems to me that there's a possibility she's going to ask the grandpa to do it willingly, which he probably will do. I, I, I think that. Uh, yeah, it is, I, like, I, I think she's going to no? try, but I think in in Japan that's probably not out of the realm. Like. Yeah, but she said, "I need you to do me a favor for my son." You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she's going to say, "Listen, I hate to do this, but I need you to sacrifice your life for your grandpa, grandson," and I think he would go. 
Absolutely. I, I, he I, has I, a choice, by the way. Grandpa has a choice of copying it and sharing it, too, if he decides he'd rather live than else die. Well, you <laughs> know, and, and the way, the, the way the, this movie set up, he'll probably be like, sure, pop some popcorn. Let's watch the evil video. I, I, I mean, the fact is, though, that we do find out what happens. There is another movie. I mean, look, there's a sequel. Uh, about Ring 2. There's Raisin. Raisin does come out. Uh, a little while later, and, and show what happens next. I haven't seen it, and I don't right. know if it's any good. But you know, there's an answer. Um, yeah. Do you? I mean, you, you read Spiral, so maybe you know, Tony. I, oh, I read the manga, but it's been a while, so right. I assume that it's, there was a lot of. I mean, there was a lot of it. There's a lot of manga and a lot of stuff. Well, this is the same time. This so. franchise has far more of a, a fan base than I realized because it's a whole wiki page for it online that I yeah. was looking at when I was boning up for this uh, this podcast. People love things yeah. that get enormously complicated. So anything where you've got multiple timelines and multiple versions is... Oh, and, and we haven't talked about the really cool part where the psychic, you know, the, the ex is, is actually tapping into what happened in the yeah. past. And it's all this great, you know, old timey footage. But but because he well, he sees that um, that uh, the father is there, and and uh, uh, but the thing, but it's really cool because I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the names of the main characters. But um, you can just call her the the reporter. Yeah, the reporter is actually in the scene because she's psychically connected. She's like he's connected her in, basically looped her into this because he's touched psychic her. vision. Yeah, he's touching she can her. Share, he can share his visions with other people by touching Which is pretty them. Pretty cool. Is great. Yeah. And so she's yeah, all seeing all this too. And so at some point, the young girl who is the one who's killing everybody grabs her arm in the vision, and, and the actual marks are on her arm in real yeah. life. And there's just all this really great stuff. These little details are just so interesting. I, I really like that he's psychic, and yet it does nothing to save him. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. inevitability. No, like, it's cool, though. Cool. I, I, you know, I what's like interesting that. is in the American one, they the, the, the little boy is the psychic one, and the, the <laughs> husband's just a schmuck. The little boy, right. I mean, in, in this one, the little boy and the husband are both are both psychic. That's what they share. You know, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I should. I need to watch the American one out of the season. It's not. Out. It's not great, but I like. I will say this. Like, and again, I know this is not a cool thing to say, but whatever. I actually liked it better than the Japanese one. Um, me, you know, let me tell you really I'm quickly. sorry. No, no, that, that's that's not sacrilegious. I mean, um, you know, I like the the 1980s version of Inherit the Wind better than the one from the 50s. You know? What are you going to do? Um, okay, so I was looking at the the story that this comes from, and basically the the story the the folk tale that this whole thing is based on doesn't feature this whole media and sharing piece at all. It was always about um, the woman who gets thrown down a well and is now getting her revenge on people who are alive. So at the at the, the it's funny because the concept of the ring is that there is a there is a sort of constantly revolving ring of people infecting one another. But the folklore right. at the base of it has nothing to do with that whatsoever. It was always about the ghost getting revenge. Well, the thing so that's neat about the idea of the ring and the the Americanized version, or actually say the American remake, is that the, 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 the ring is actually the view of the girl from the bottom of the well. Like when she's looking up, she's seeing. Oh, I forgot they, about do, that. they do some neat, there's some neat, like I would say like it's cool to watch them back to back because there's some neat variations on the theme. That is interesting, yeah. Tony, what's the word, in, and if you don't remember, it's totally okay because this is a stretch. But okay, in anime, there's a word to describe a weird melancholic mood that Japanese stuff has where they're just sort of wandering and it's raining a lot and there's sort of like a an almost fetish for for melancholia and, and mm, I'm hard pressed to, to does this sound familiar to you at to all you. or is this yeah I'm stress? definitely but I'm hard pressed to tell you like I yeah I there's a word for it yeah. well in America no, no. we call them goths Jason right <laughs> No, but it's it's and you see the moments in a lot of like in a lot of anime where 
where the character who's in the middle of investigating like a killer cyborg will just take a train and just go riding around for like three minutes. Right. You should check more stuff out. There's kind of, you know, there's a lot of trashy stuff like this as well as a lot of good Asian horror. There's some trashy Asian horror. There's one called White, which is similar, where it's a, a tape, you know, Korean pop band who has, there's a recording that can kill you. Um, I think that's on Netflix. It was there for a while. Um, I would suggest if you can, you know, go, if you have a cool place like Vulcan or Isla Video or whatever you have in Denver, there's a, like I was telling Drew, there's one called Wormwood that's kind of atmospheric. There's a lot of cool Asian horror out there. Uh, maybe we should have a recommendations thing on Facebook where we can start a good discussion of, I can send some links uh, when I'm not on crunch anyway. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> but, think uh, we, we need to get more organized. We should, we should, like, yeah. we should probably, you know, start a cool discussion. I urge fans to, you know, people, listeners to, to recommend things they like, and we can we can start that because that'd make a cool list. Um, uh, yeah. I think that that that's something that should happen. Both cool things and trashy things and pop culture things and all, there's, there's a you know just like there is in the states, there's a wide breadth of Asian horror. So don't stop here if this is stuff that you that you dig. And I wish we could do even more. So. Well, I'm definitely, for what it's worth, Tony, I'm definitely going to probably be checking out more Chinese vampire movies because I've I've completely fallen in love with them. I've got some stuff, and I can loan you some other stuff too outside the realm of that. Um, nice. So, yeah. So we we need to we need to talk. We need to hook up, and I'll uh, pass you some things that you can check out. It's the same yeah, that a lot of groovy. print or never came over. Um, you know, I have a bunch of region, all you know, some all region, some specific, you know, you know, Thai stuff from Thailand that got put out, and um, through, you know, Chinese and Korean and Thai and all, all of this stuff that got put out in different regions, um, and I can loan you some of that, and or and or maybe hopefully tell you how to region free your player. So, <laughs> well, that would be swell. Cool. cool. Well, um, be well, and uh, and uh, oh, well, you didn't do endorsements, Jason. No, oh, yeah, you, you go. I'm giving you a chance to, uh, <laughs> oh, to, to okay. disappear because I know you got to get oh, to work. Thanks. I didn't want you to like have to wait around. But yeah, um, okay, post your endorsements on the Facebook page. I think we all. I should. I also need to get into the habit of doing that so that people can say, "Hey, Tony recommended this," you know, and and, and I know we do it half the time, but I haven't. Uh, I'm going to try and make more of a habit of it. So. Thank you very Okey much. Dokey. Well, thanks for indulging me in this retrospective, and I appreciate it. Sorry I have to cut us early, but oh no, rendering weird, waits weird, for no though. man when you have a deadline. So. All right. Awesome. All right, you guys okay. take care. Bye. Julia, do you have any endorsements for us this week? Um, Nothing really. I mean, like I said, it was I got a kick out of seeing... Glee. Seriously, Glee is your endorsement? Yeah, well, not really, but it was just it was a fun episode because she's, She's like revealed for all she is, and then it turns out that Carol Burnett is her evil mom who never loved her. So I thought that was interesting, that in terms of bad guys. But uh, you know, no, I don't have anything. Outstanding. <laughs> Two things I've learned tonight: Jason is in the Kiss Army, and Julia is a Gleek. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, we're both Gleeks, but he's not. Oh. He started start. He started watching it before I did. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> endorsements. Um, first off is my selfish endorsement. This coming Monday, that is uh, March 16th, uh, we are having the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, and as always is my annual uh, way of actually showcasing bands that I like and genres that I like. I have Punk versus Rockabilly 5. I've been doing this for five years, which is crazy to think about. Uh, it is no cover. It starts at 6 p.m. It's at Flamingo Cantina. We have round one at uh, 7 p.m., which is female-fronted rockabilly band Ruby D and the Snake Handlers versus Black Exploitation, which is a all African American uh, electro punk band. And if you have not seen them, they are phenomenal. Uh, round two, starting at 9 p.m., is uh, 
my uh, my girls danger cakes taking on the drunk punks and sober days and then oh hey i gotta i gotta interrupt you there to say i do endorse going to see danger cakes here in denver this weekend which we're gonna go to i i i was gonna get to that i was gonna get to that <laughs> well, i'm 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 saying that i also endorse that <laughs> well i appreciate it um and then uh round three which is uh, at 11 p.m. That's uh, San Antonio uh, psychobilly band The Lucky Odds versus uh, boy band Sniper 66. So I've got some of the best local punk and rockabilly on this bill. This is this is going to be awesome. Uh, if Tony was here, he would tell you about the time he played punk versus rockabilly with Bakari Shred. Uh, it's a lot of fun every year. Uh, please come out again, totally free. You're getting six bands for no cover. So just come out, fight the South by Southwest insanity and just come see some good Texas music. Um, yes. As Julia is saying, danger cakes is also going to Denver. They are playing. Uh, I forget, but I will post the, 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 the links on Facebook. Uh, but I know they're playing the sun. Yeah, Sidewinder, that's right. Sidewinder is, I believe, Saturday, and they are playing a different a different venue on Friday the 13th, and I apologize because the name escapes me at the moment, but I will I will post that on the Facebook. And uh, if you are one of our Denver listeners, please come out and see Danger Cakes. Uh, Jamie has done the podcast a lot of times. You've naturally heard me talk about Danger Cakes a lot. Here's your chance to see uh, what that is all about. Uh, if you like good toe tapping, rock and roll type music, it's uh, it's good for you. It's good to dance, you know. And uh, I believe the Friday show is all ages, so you can bring your kids if you want. Um, my third third endorsement is also in Austin on Friday the 13th, this Friday. At Spider House Ballroom, the Austin Horror Society is showing Friday the 13th, Part 2. It is only going to be $5, and I'm going to be there. I'm going to try and drag Tony. Uh, if you are a listener and you go into that, please come by and say, hey, uh, we'd appreciate that. Uh, but that is also going to be a lot of fun. And that, that does it for me this week. Wow. No, that was, that was fantastic, and I can't wait to see Danger Case in series. Um, so, Again, let's see. you know they're awesome. We've seen them. Oh, for sure. Um, all right, uh, my only endorsement is something I posted recently on the, um, uh, the, the page that I really love. So uh, you guys may know, and I don't know if we'll ever do a retrospective of this, but I'm a huge fan of Jean Merlin, who made a bunch of, of like Euro horror, I don't know how you best put this. I mean, the, the, he made a bunch of like sexy vampire movies in the 60s and 70s. This is like before porn was legal, the way you got nudity into movies was by slipping it into horror movies. And so he made a bunch of vampire movies where the vampires were often running around naked. And so they're, they're, they're just, they're a wonderful time capsule of like sixties, uh, I don't know, Euro trash sensibility, great stuff. So there's a, there's a documentary about Jean Roland, um, from a series called Eurotica, which I think is hilarious. Eurotica, Virgins and Vampires, the films of Jean Roland, episode one of, of that series. So uh, um, I posted an a image of it recently. It is hilarious and and cool, and you know, I I I love I love me some some Euro trash. So that is my my only endorsement of the week. Um, gosh, it's been really great to to touch on on. Uh, well, this. This is something we should definitely go back to. I mean, we say that about so love every retrospective that we do. It's like, oh, man, we could have done so much more. But this yeah. is definitely one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I, you know, I have a feeling we'll do another set of them. In the same way that we've done, we've done we're going to return soon to Stephen King. Um, and, in fact, I will go ahead and announce that in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to return with a Stephen King two-parter um, and I won't, I won't say what it is yet. But are we taking the next two weeks for spring break? Is we that are the taking idea? the next two weeks right. for spring break. Everybody can go down to Fort Lauderdale and, and you know, make fools of themselves. You have my blessing. <laughs> but I want you all to meet back here uh, in, in two weeks' time. Better Fort Lauderdale than Camp Crystal Lake. 
Yes. <laughs> and don't watch any cursed videos. And don't go into the woods if there's a killer there. Don't do none of those things. Don't split up in the haunted house. Yeah. Don't go yeah. snorkeling in Loch Ness. Do not mistake a flashlight for a weapon. And if you you're do. a teenager, don't have sex. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that that solves all things. There you go. So. And I think we can rule out vacationing in Transylvania. Okay. Right. It, it turns out, by the way, that if you are a female, not having very much sex and you have, like, maybe spiky hair and a male-sounding name like Ricky, you'll probably survive. <laughs> so, actually, you can kind of do whatever you want, except for any of those things. That we just mentioned. <laughs> so, um, all right. Thank you, everybody, and we will see you soon. Um, Night, Adios. Bye, guys. Night. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.